morning, everyone, again. Good to see you. Um, just want to be clear, um, when I kid around about holidays and trying to get people here and, and uh, Samoa people on the end of the month, um, it's all about getting them to him. You know, that's our goal here as the Journey Church. It's, uh, it's all about him. We just sang about it. Um, it's not about making a big church, of course. It's not about proclaiming a, a, a brick and mortar or any of those kinds of things. And, and it's not even about you <laughs> or me. It's about him. And so when we do these and we make these efforts about being in our community, that's really what we're trying to do. We're really just trying to get more people uh, to know him, uh, to follow him, and to grow in him. And so that's our, our goal. So um, welcome. Again, my name is Pastor John, and uh, I always welcome you here that are with us today, but uh, we're getting many viewers as well on YouTube, so welcome to you guys as well. Um, this morning's a kind of a, a different kind of a feel to the start of our day. We lost, uh, my wife lost her um, dad last night in the middle of the night, and so um, he... Um, he was her um, stepdad, um, but he was probably more of a dad uh, to her than her real dad. So she'll be, uh, miss him. The, the other sisters will miss him. So if you don't mind, just throw up a few prayers today for the family. Um, they're going to uh, need it. Uh, you know, isn't it great we have Jesus? Isn't it great we have Jesus? <laughs> Yeah, we do. That He's our hope. Um, because of him, we can be reunited back with the Father uh, through our confession with our mouth and believing in our heart uh, that he is Lord, we can have that. And so that's what we pray for every single person that we come across him and that we meet. So uh, if you don't mind praying this week, that would be great for them. Um, last week, we um, were talking about growing. We entered into this Grow series uh, with the idea that we were expected to grow. Each of us as believers um, are expected to grow in him. Um, last week, we kind of looked at being a newborn child. We looked at it, no matter if you come to Christ when you're 10 or when you're uh, 80, whatever that number is for you, you're a brand new babe, a uh, babe in Christ. And so there's where your spiritual growth actually begins and there's no shame in that whenever you come to know Jesus. It's just that that is the thing. That's when you really begin to start growing. And you're expected to grow. So this week we're going to continue in the series a little bit about uh, growing up. But is there a big question out there, I should say? I have a big question for you. Am I in any danger if I do not grow? That's the question of the morning. Is there a danger if I don't grow? Um, we're going to kind of investigate that a little bit this morning. So our scriptures for this morning are Hebrews. We're in the book of Hebrews. Uh, we're going to be in uh, chapter 5. And we'll walk our way through that and what that means to be in the book of Hebrews. But first let me read you uh, starting verse 12. Just a couple of verses this morning. For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. For everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, for he or she is a babe. 
So what I felt uh, we needed to do, book of Hebrews is a little bit different than some of our New Testament letters and writings. Um, this book was kind of specifically pointed to the Jewish population, uh, the Jewish being into Judaism for many, many years. All of a sudden, they're coming to know Jesus because Jesus came to earth uh, and died for the penalty of our sin. He shed his blood, his body was broken for all of us. But they were in Judaism for such a long time that they actually made this confession of faith, but they are being warned in the book of Hebrews not to part from that, not to leave that. And what the natural tendency for them to do was that, yeah, this Jesus is awesome and the, the hope of him being the Messiah and he is it, but once he left for a period of years, it was easy to fall back into what you know, what they grew up with. And so this was the tendency for them to do. And so the writer of uh, Hebrews is really trying to help them and navigate that through that. Don't go backwards. Don't go. Keep going forward is his um, proclamation all throughout the book of Hebrews. Um, even though we're not Jewish necessarily, maybe you are or have some Jewish blood in you, but um, this can happen in the Christian faith as well. Uh, we kind of get in, uh, get born again, and then we like all the excitement that is around being a new Christian. Um, with that, of course, comes some challenges, of course. But at the same time, we have a tendency to kind of just plane out, uh, level out, you know, after that. We don't grow or go forward. And so this morning's uh, whole concept is around that, um, you know, is there any danger that I'm not growing? And we're going to investigate that this morning. So let's pray and just kind of navigate through this together. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for Jesus. We, we proclaim his name this morning here in so many different ways, through our singing, through our teaching, uh, through our actions, through our interaction with each other, we proclaim his name. Lord, help us uh, navigate through this thing today. Help us understand, help us learn, help us have eyes that we can see what you're saying to us and ears to hear. And it's in the mighty name of Jesus we ask these things. Amen. Unlike churches, uh, not unlike our churches today, uh, when Hebrews was written, they were coming to know Jesus, some of them were, and they were converted. Uh, others confessed with their mouth uh, Jesus is Lord, and they started attending uh, small home gatherings and stuff, but uh, they really never did truly believe. That happens in our churches today. We have uh, what I would call, and the scriptures call, true believers, and then we got some that are just kind of checking things out and just there. Uh, and then, of course, altogether, there were people that really just you know, we listen for a little bit, and okay, that's not for me. So that was going on in the days of when the Hebrews was written, this book. Uh, and it does it today. But both then and now, there's always difficulties when we come to Christ. And this kind of shoes a few away uh, for uh, one reason or another. Um, especially in Judaism, some of the things they were being uh, challenged would uh, with was disinheritance um, because of their fa uh, faith by their family. But um, maybe many of you today have 
had that same thing happen to you. You start coming to church and hanging out with people that love Jesus, not everybody in your family may like that. Maybe they may be celebrating with you, but if you're like many families today, that can be a challenge, right? And so not so much different than the Jewish family. Uh, excommunication from Israel altogether was a deal because uh, a lot of Israel did not uh, recognize Jesus as Messiah, so they it was like a defection from that, and so you got excommunicated from uh, them as, as the nation as well. Many of them would lose employment or have financial hardships because of it. Uh, there was mental harassment and physical torture even um, brought about because you following Jesus. Uh, public mockery, imprisonment, and even martyrdom back then and even today. We read uh, all over the world where people uh, walk into a situation where they come out of their family beliefs or the religion they were in at the time, you start following Jesus, it could mean death. And so, so many of these things were going on back then at the time. Uh, the Hebrew um, people, however, whether they believed in him or not, God had chosen them to be his mouthpiece. It's kind of interesting when you read through your Bible how starting with Abraham, that God decided to make himself a special people, a people that was to be set apart, and he was going to broadcast who he was, his nature, his characteristics, and everything through the Hebrew people. So they had something going for them in that sense. Um, they would be the channel in which God would reveal himself to the entire human race. Um, he did this by the law, and often it was called the law of Moses, because God gave remember the Ten Commandments and all the law to Moses, and he was to broadcast that and to teach others and then in, in make that happen through the Hebrew people. So these are the people that the writer of Hebrews is speaking to. He's people that knew the law. If they were in Judaism, they knew all these different things. They also knew about the priestly order that was set up that there was a priest and the priest was to teach and guide the people, but through sacrifices and a lot of different ordinances. But at the end of the day, all this was really just there to point to Jesus. Uh, if you're a student of the Bible and you love the Old Testament, you will see that so much of the Old Testament, now that we know who Jesus is and he's been revealed and we read about him, you can go back and say, ah, oh, there's Jesus in the Old Testament. There's Jesus in uh, you know, this book or that book. It's pretty amazing, but they could only look at the cross in a sense as that it was yet to come. For us, we have to look backwards at the cross and say, okay, that cross happened, that event happened, Jesus came and died for us. But the, the Hebrew people didn't have that. But what was special about these people in Hebrews that this book was written to, they had seen the cross. It was actually here. The Messiah was here, and they began to believe knowing what they knew about the Old Testament and the law and the ordinances and the priestly order, they knew all of that now. So that was pretty special. But the danger for them, the writer of Hebrews says, is that going backwards, going back into those religious things, making them uh, all about the priestly order and all about, uh, you know, kind of keeping those different ordinances and sacrifices that were needed. Jesus was the ultimate sacrifices for our, our sin, so we didn't need those things anymore, but it was easy to fall back into that. So you get the point there, but at the same time, 
Um, the reality of all that is we can do that too. You know, we can kind of get born again and start coming to church and then all of a sudden we begin to make it about church, about making about the, you know, making sure we're there on time, which I love. Thank you for coming here on time. But, you know, we can kind of get involved in where it, it becomes all about like religious stuff and we never want it to turn into that it always needs to be about Jesus all all through time it was always meant to be about Jesus and we need to keep that going but that can be a danger for you and for me uh, Hebrews 5 12 says um, for though by this time you ought to be teachers you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God and you have come to need milk and not solid food so the problem here was the Hebrew Christians, they hadn't advanced. They hadn't gone any, anywhere past the idea they got born again, and then they were maybe baptized, and that was it. They were stuck. They hadn't got, he says, by this time, you ought to be teachers. You ought to be teaching others uh, about these things. Uh, interesting, isn't it? But we can get tangled up in that ourselves as well. Uh, but instead of teaching other people, they had to be retaught themselves. Uh, quite a, a stark warning for you and for me today is that if we've been Christians for any length of time, there is an expectancy, we kind of talked about that last week, that we should be growing, right? And that we should be learning these things. And, and the goal there is not to keep them all to ourselves so we can be, uh, you know, these awesome Christians, but the goal is there to make disciples. Um, so he's speaking spiritually, of course, uh, when it talks about growing up. And we reviewed that a little bit last week. But how does this really apply to us? Does it matter if we stay spiritual babies? That's the question of the morning. Doesn't matter. Is it okay that we've been Christians for a while and unable to eat solid food? Is it okay? Uh, is it dangerous for us not to grow so that's really the push this morning. Uh, let's read 5.12 one more time. It says, For though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God, and you have come to need milk and not solid food. Uh, take that verse home with you this week. Uh, that's really the, the key verse of today. Uh, make sure that that thing sinks in, because you've got to read it. I've already read it, I think, three times, <laughs> and I don't know how many times I've read it this week, but the whole point in that thing is we have to let that one sink in, not just glaze over it. The writer of Hebrews apparently thought that enough time had passed that they ought to be teachers by now, and they weren't. So it's hard to be certain, uh, but he's probably not talking about somebody that came to know Jesus like that week, you know, or that month. It's probably talking about somebody's been in the faith for a period of time. When you look at when the book of Hebrews is written compared to the cross, it's, they've probably been Christians for a while, and they just haven't grown. Um, the idea here is um, we can do that too. You know, we can sit in church, and we can kind of go to this or that event and not really grow. And so, you know, my goal here today is to help us realize that if that is us. So what's the, the big deal? Does it really matter? Let's review some of Jesus' words, his, some of his last words uh, before he left earth. He says this in Matthew 28. We call this the Great Commission. He says, go, big word there, two-letter word, so powerful. 
Therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the ends of the age. Amen. Uh, if we don't grow, we will never go. That's a fact. There's a danger of us not growing in Christ. Uh, we, will, we will never go. Because it tells us to go and make more disciples, right? Disciples are just learners. If you've, you know what the, the Greek translation of that word is, it really just means to be a learner. And so our goal is to learn ourselves, but then also to grow enough and get into that space where we can begin to teach others. And uh, it's, quite a, uh, it's quite a funny deal. It happens differently with all of us. Noth nothing more than uh, like when we watch a child grow up. Like when I watched my first son grow and he was coming along, you know, and it seemed like it, he would pick up on things. Okay, he was getting it, you know, he's figuring life out. But then when my second son come along, it's like he knew instantly. How did he know all these things? So, you know, well, he probably had his brother uh, to teach him, right? He had showed him things in life, and it was just, that's how we're supposed to be when we get born again. Uh, we're supposed to be like babes. We learn, we grow, but then also we're right there to help bring others along as well. Uh, this commandment, by the way, applies to every single believer. Uh, this isn't about uh, Jesus spitting this out to the first 12. The first 12, okay, we got this, Jesus, we're on our way Jesus ascends into heaven, they go out and teach, and then they die. Most of them were martyred. What then? You and I would have never come to Christ. We would never know Jesus if it weren't for disciples making more disciples. So you can see how this is. Each of us, if you're here today and you know the Lord Jesus, guess what? Somebody told you about him. Right? You can probably pinpoint that person or that pastor or that teacher or that Wherever you found out about Jesus, just think if somebody would have never told that person, you wouldn't know. And so there is a great danger that if we don't know, we won't go. Um, you know what the number one comeback answer is when uh, I or others ask, uh, why aren't you making disciples? The number one comeback answer that comes to me is, I just don't feel like I know enough. I, I can't make disciples because I just don't know enough. How come? <laughs> Why don't we know enough, you know? That should be a key, right? That should be a key for all of us. If you don't know enough, it's okay today, but not tomorrow. You know, we should start to learn and grow and have a heart. Jesus commanded us to go and make more disciples. We should learn what it takes to be a disciple maker. Um, although many won't say it, Loud, out loud all the time, but many believe that that's the pastor's job and only his, it's his job only. In other words, like every other con convert that ever comes to the Journey Church is like my responsibility. <laughs> um, there is some responsibility I have as that, for sure, and I take that serious, you know. But there's also all of you all, you have that same job to do. You're, you come to know him. You're a disciple yourself, and so the challenge is here for all of us to grow and get into those things that we need to do to make disciples. Um, it, it, one thing it does do, it does take the pressure off you if you just give that answer. 
and say, well, that's the pastor's job. Whew, you know, I don't have to do anything. Uh, that's not what Jesus just said. And so the challenge here for us this morning is, uh, if you don't know how to do it, yeah, let's figure it out together, okay? Let's do this thing. Uh, each of us, including myself, need to grow spiritually. Uh, it is a continual thing for you and I. Uh, we don't just learn a couple of things about the Lord and about the things of God and then stall out. So uh, our challenge here uh, as Christians is to continually be growing. Back to our Hebrew scriptures for uh, a moment. It says uh, in 12, or though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone else to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. So when he was speaking to uh, the Hebrews, he wasn't necessarily talking to the scribes and the Pharisees and all those that had all this knowledge under their belt. He was talking to just people that had come to know Christ. And so what are these first oracles they may have come to know? Well, these were all of the Old Testament and the law of Moses. All those things pointed to Jesus so that when Jesus finally landed here in the flesh, we would know who he was. And so they already knew him. So instantly, as they see him as Messiah, they would know all the oracles, the first oracles, if they were good uh, Jewish studiers of the, the law. So for you and me, the first principles as Christians are really like the ABCs of Christianity. We could call them that, you know, flipping them on this side of the cross. Uh, you notice he didn't make reference of four years of Bible college, that so you have to have that under your belt first, or he doesn't say which seminary degree you have to have before you can go out and be a discipler. Um, those familiar with Jewish tradition would have known those things. Uh, we'll touch on a couple of them here in a minute. But these elementary principles, um, I don't like using the words elementary because we're all big people in the room pretty much for the most part. And when you start talking elementary, you know, it makes you think, oh man, he thinks I'm in elementary school. Uh, no, the good thing those aren't my words. Uh, these are the Bible's words. But that is where we are when we don't grow. We're kind of like still in elementary school. And so I'm not here today to kind of kick you. I am here to help you and to uh, encourage you. If you still believe you're in elementary school, Let's get to junior high, you know, and then uh, from junior high, we'll move to high school, and then from high school, we'll, you know, we'll go to university and so on. Uh, notice Hebrews says um, that it was time, it was the time that they leave these early elementary things or this discussion of them and go on to perfection. Hebrews 6.1 says, therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and faith towards God, of the doctrine of baptism, the laying on hands, the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment. So what he was doing was just giving some elementary principle things that they should have had kind of in their notebook already, right? They already should know these things and have kind of settled some of these things. Uh, and then he says, let's go on to perfection, or what he means by that is completion. Let's complete that part of the process and go on to perfection or completion, meaning the full revelation of Jesus Christ. So they go beyond these elementary things of Christ and grow. 
Um, and they were to continue to grow, and along the way, they grow others also. And that was the, the kind of the key there. Maybe just a few of the elementary things uh, for you and me today on this side of the cross in Christianity would be know where you stand with God's word. You know, as a Christian, we have to know that is this the truth or not the truth? Some of us need to get that settled. That's an elementary thing. When we go to um, teach others, do we really teach others that this thing, this Bible we have, this Word of God, is it truly the Word of God or is it just something that has a few good truths in it if we live by a few of these things that we'll live a good life? Actually, the Bible says that, that'll happen, but is it more than that? Is it, is it something that stands up to the test of time or was this something relevant just for, you know, back in the olden days? We have to have these things settled so that when we go on to teach others, uh, they can trust that we know what we're talking about. Uh, we need to know about the Trinity. That is something that is sometimes people get scared about. But when you talk about God, it's one of the first things that uh, maybe a non-believer might ask you. Is, is God the same as Jesus? Is Jesus who, where does the Holy Spirit fall into this thing? We need to know some of those things and have them settled in our own heart as well. Was Jesus really God when he was here? Well, how could he be God when God is spirit and God is love, but yet he was here, he was in the flesh? You know, these are some of the elementary things that we have to have foundational in our lives as we begin to teach others. Um, are, how are we saved? How do we get saved? What does it even mean? What does saved mean? Saved from what? You know, these are just some of the elementary things out there. And then all important to my family this day, is there life after death? Is there something beyond? Do we have hope in anything but this life? And these are just some of the things we need to have settled, you know, elementary things for you and me. I encourage you today, if you don't have these things settled, start studying them. Get your Bible out, start flipping. I can help you get through that. Many of the people here in the auditorium today can help you with that. Get these elementary things in there so you can begin and continue to grow. Um, so the question is, does it really matter? Yes, it matters. One of the, the grave dangers of not growing is that we won't make disciples. That's one of the things that will happen if we don't get these things settled and we won't go. And this should get our attention because our Lord himself is the one that gave this commandment. This didn't come from a preacher. It didn't come from a pastor. Uh, it was Jesus that said, go. If we do not grow, we lose our spiritual appetite for things. Uh, you'll find that this will happen as well. One more time, I love Hebrews 5.12 this morning, so get used to it. It says, for though by this time you ought to be teachers, you need someone to teach you again the first principles of the oracles of God. And you have come to need milk and not solid food. If you ever had kids in your house, there's one thing you can count on, they're always gonna be hungry. Uh, especially, I don't know why young boys are that. I have a young granddaughter that, uh, she's actually taller than me now, and I think she's like 12 or 13, and oh my goodness, uh, you can't feed her enough stuff, and I don't know where the bottomless pit, you know, how that all works, but she's just an eating machine. We should be that way as Christians. We should be eating machines is what we should be. As we grow, we should be so hungry for the word of God and just want it and can't get enough of it and study it and eat. 
Um, this should be our life, Christians, but sadly enough, it's not always true. Uh, both the writer of Hebrews and the Apostle Paul will unable to give their uh, hearers or the people that would be reading these things unable to give them a good meal. He said they were content with milk. They were fine with just drinking milk. Uh, Paul speaks to the church in Corinth in this way. He says in 1 Corinthians 3, I fed you with milk and not with solid food. For until now you were not able to receive it. And even now you are still not able. And here's the reason. For you are still carnal. For where there are envy, strife, and divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? Paul wanted to give them a good old-fashioned spiritual meal, but they couldn't handle it. They, were under, they couldn't even swallow it if he did try to give it to them. So the warning is for us today, are we able to swallow a good chunk of solid food? Or are we still kind of playing around with the milk, unable to handle the solid food? Paul says the reason they were this way is because they were still carnal. They were still, what that means is they were still living fleshly lives. Uh, think about that for a minute in your own life. You know, as we come to know Jesus and there's a transformation out of our old life and into a new life that is spiritual and that's, is not a fleshly life. But as he is saying here with the uh, Corinthian church, they were actually known to be carnal. They knew Jesus, but barely. I don't know if there is such a thing. <laughs> Can you know Jesus, but barely? It means like, you know, you don't have a really good relationship with a person. You know, you kind of know them, got a little trust in them, but still want to live that carnal, fleshly life. They were still living fleshly lives. They had not grown into desiring a good old-fashioned spiritual meal. They hadn't grown there yet. And, some, and we have to be careful. We can get this way too. Uh, man, it's awesome to come to know Jesus and start coming to church and maybe reading our Bibles a little bit, but then we can kind of get satisfied with that, just taking a sip of milk once in a while and never digging into this thing and really figuring out and getting to the meat. I'm not saying that we're all meant to be spiritual scholars. That's, that's not the point. If you want to, that's great because God's going to use this through all eternity. But at the same time, we need to get in there and get past that milky uh, state of appetite. Um, of course, they were uh, Christians, but barely, like I said, but their worldly desires were much greater than their spiritual desires. Uh, that's really where the rubber meets the road for you and for me. Uh, we can argue it all we want, and we can say, give us all the excuses that we aren't, why we're not growing, but where it really comes down to is that we have a different desire. Uh, the clock ticks the same in my house as it does in your house. <laughs> you, we all get the same, you know, 24 hours in the day. But bottom line is if we're not growing in Christ, that means we've filled it with other things. And so we just don't have that appetite or that desire. So the goal is, is to get that. We get an appetite for solid food. Um, uh, the Corinthians were spiritually immature, basically. Like I said, kind of knowing Jesus and that's about it. But they weren't growing. Um, if you... We're only on a milk diet. Just kind of put this into the, 
illustration mode for a moment. If that's all you drank every day when you got up, just milk, it wouldn't be long before your friends and family be going, man, what are you doing? You're looking pretty scrawny right now. I mean, this is a full-grown adult, right? Only drinking milk. But that's what happens. That's how we look spiritually when we only drink milk as well. Paul says that you can tell when a Christian is on only a milk diet. He says they act like mere men. We act just like people that don't know Jesus. Um, you ever acted like you didn't know Jesus before? <laughs> yeah, we've all done it, right? But here's the, as we grow and mature in Christ, this happens less and less often. In fact, there were some things at the end of that verse he said are like kind of like key things or tipper offers if, if you're acting like mere men. Um, he just kind of study those things, but envies and strifes and divisions among you. Uh, man, this world's so filled with that right now, uh, with things that are not spiritual. And he says a great sign of if you know Jesus or not, uh, if you are grown in Jesus, is that you'll act like mere men if you don't. You'll have all these strifes and anxieties and all these different things in your life. Another warning about if we don't grow, um, we will believe just about anything or everything out there. We'll believe anything if we're not grown. Yeah, we, we know enough to have the Jesus bumper sticker on the back of our car, and if somebody wants to, has a church they want to go to, we can point them to the Journey Church or one down the street. We can do that. But what about when another pastor speaks or a uh, you read a book or you get in, start studying this thing or that thing or worse yet, when you listen to the news. Um, where, what do you believe? Where do you start? Where do, what, what is your foundation for uh, growing? So one of the dangers is not knowing the word. So when we hear all these things, guess what? We're like Hebrews says, for everyone who partakes only of milk, is unskilled in the word of righteousness for he is a babe. One of the greatest things about raising kids is when they were young, they'll, they'll just about believe anything you tell them, right? Uh, isn't it great, dads, when you got a kid that believes everything you want to you wanna say to him? You can get them to do so crazy things. <laughs> it's kind of a manipulative thing, but hey, it works for a few years. One of the things that um, my mom used to tell me uh, and it's so funny I laugh about this today, is that she wouldn't let me eat uh, the pepperoni out of the fridge. Uh, you know, the pepperoni slices that my mom always liked making uh, homemade pizzas. So she wouldn't let me eat the pepperoni out of the fridge, and maybe you've been <laughs> told this as well. She would say, give me worms. I was young, I didn't know any different, right? You know, and I went for most of my young adult life even thinking I couldn't eat the pepperoni until it was cooked because it was gonna give me worms, right? So I went on for a few years and finally looked it up one day and found out that any cured meat that you have doesn't, it can't give you worms. That's been taken care of through the, through the curing process. But what my mom was doing really was taking advantage of me not knowing. She was telling me something that was working to her advantage, right? 
And so she'd have pepperoni on Friday when she made pizza because I would love to get in the fridge and steal the pepperonis and eat them. You and me can be the same thing. We can, get in the, we can be in this channel. If we don't know, people can tell us anything and we'll believe it. If it sounds spiritual in any way, what we'll do, we'll just go, oh yeah, that sounds great. I'm going to believe that. And then next thing you know, somebody else comes along and tells us something that sounds like it might be part of who God is or what he is. They might even use God's name. They might even use Jesus' name. They might even use the Spirit's calling. But it's not truth. Um, so, as Christians, we need to remember righteousness is rooted in being in right relationship with God. Uh, and that's what he means by being unskilled in the words of righteousness. In other words, if we don't know what this book says, then anything that sounds great to us, we're going to just go in that direction. So growing up is, um, part of growing up is being skilled in the word. And you've got to be careful when you read certain words in the Bible because we relate them to our culture but when I think about skilled, somebody being skilled in something, that means they're an expert in it. I don't really believe that that's what it means, although we should get skilled in the Word of God. It doesn't mean before you can do anything spiritual at all or make disciples or do any of that stuff that we have to have to be this level of a skill. Does that make any sense? It... it we have to be skilled enough to get the rudimentary, uh, rudimentary things in, the elementary things in, but not, we don't have to be scholar level before we advance. Uh, Ephesians 4, um, 11, Paul was talking to the church, and he was letting us know that there are people that are skilled and been given gifts for this very reasons. He says this in 4, 11. And he gave him... Uh, gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So why does he do this? To help grow up the body of Christ. That's why those um, positions have been given a skill set. They've been given giftings to do those things. But it's also to help you and me grow, but it's not the only th way in which we do grow. If you are only counting on me on Sunday morning to help you grow, you're in big trouble. You are in real big trouble, <laughs> bigger than you know. Um, you need to have this thing in your home. You need to have this thing in your car. You need to have this uh, everywhere you go. You have to be in the Word in order to know. So, the danger of not growing up is we don't know what to believe. It's a real danger. Um, I can't tell you how many times in a month's time that I will be approached and people will actually ask me some of these things. Is this true? Can you be? And I said, I don't know. Let's sit down and we'll take a look. And so what we do, we dig through it and find out if it's true or not. You can do that on your own. But so many people don't know it's this uh, amazing thing we call Facebook and social media and everything, yeesh, I hope you're not believing everything you see on there and read on there. Some of it, okay, 
but how do you know if it's good or bad? Not saying it's all bad. How do you know? Here, look to the word. Grow. Um, like children, Paul says, we are likely to believe anything and everything we hear. Tossed to and fro like a ship, he says, with no rudder. Uh, we become like uh, uh, subject to every teaching that's out there uh, that sounds spiritual because it sounds good to me. That sounds good. You can't, many, can't believe how many people, that, like you say, in a month's time I'll talk to and they say, that sounded good. So I believed it. Okay, if it sounds good, then just check it out. Go to the instruction manual. See if it's really true or not. So where does this responsibility um, to be something more than mere babes in Christ, where does this responsibility lie? Uh, is it a teacher side or does it go to the learner side? Where does the responsibility lie? Well, one thing I want you guys to know, I take my responsibility very serious about my responsibility to you. I try. I look and I search the Word of God and I, I, I look through it for the truth that He wants to say for each and every week. But in James 3.1 it says, My brethren, let not many of you become teachers knowing that you shall receive a stricter judgment. I work hard at getting this right and that's part of the reason is that I will be placed in judgment differently than somebody that isn't a teacher, uh, pastor, elder kind of a person. So I want to get it right, but it, I also want to get the truth right so that you're not confused. But at the same time, each and every week, you guys should be checking me out. You should be making sure that I'm just not up, oh, that sounded good, what John said. That sounded awesome. I'm going to believe that. Well, I hope you do, but I also hope that I'm telling you the truth based on what I've grown to, to know. So what about us as disciples, as learners, as God's children? Do we have a responsibility to grow on our own? That's the question. Hebrews says we do. Guess what I'm going to read again? Hebrews 5.14. But solid food belongs to those who are of full age, that is, who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. Those of uh, who use what they know, grow. That's a fact. Hebrews tells us that those uh, who, by reason of use, have their senses exercised. So the more you exercise your faith, the more you use the Word of God, the more you're going to know. If you only know this much, it's like lifting a one-pound weight. <laughs> you need to get to the 50-pounders and then the 100-pounders and move up. Those who use it, uh, what they know will grow. He says, what, um, he says that as we use what we know, it's guaranteed we will grow as we exercise. Uh, when we use the truth we know, we are growing. That's what faith is really about, is that as we actually trust the Lord, what he says is true, and actually we exercise that and use it, we begin to grow. So yes, as Christians, we have a responsibility to grow on our own as well. So as I kind of wrap things up here today, I'm going to ask uh, Dave to come on up. And there is a danger, a big danger. And I just gave us three real small things to think about this week. There is a danger if we don't grow. Um, if we don't grow, 
we will never go. We'll never go be disciples. We'll never get out and tell anybody about Jesus. If we don't grow, we'll lose our appetite for spiritual things. You'll just stay on the milk and you just won't even care anymore after a while. Maybe you're in that seat today. Maybe it's time uh, to get off the milk and get towards the meat and we can help you with that. Um, if you do not grow, um, you'll believe just about everything. Uh, tossed to and fro, everything that's spiritual just sounds good, so let's go with that. Uh, but you'll be uh, tricked and you'll be put in a place that is so far from Jesus that uh, before you know it, um, you'll be gone. You may not even come back to church again. You won't care about spiritual things again. So growing takes effort. So man, I didn't want to be all negative Ned this morning. I didn't want to talk to you about just saying, oh man, you guys got to grow up. Let's grow up. Let's grow up. I do want, to, I would do want us all to grow together. But 2 Timothy 2.15 says this. He says, be diligent to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Like Timothy, we are to be diligent. It's interesting what that word diligent really means. I don't know how, when was the last time you used the word diligent, but it's been a while for me. But it really means uh, to expend energy on something. So, are you being diligent is the question this morning. Are we spending energy on growing? It takes effort, it says, to grow spiritually. It just doesn't happen. So that's why this in Scripture encourages us to be workers, a worker who God would approve of um, as we rightly divide the truth. Um, rightly dividing the truth is really a, just an expression means to handle the Scriptures correctly. Are we the type that would maybe just grab a, a verse out of the Bible and then use it totally out of context or use it just for our benefit? I pray that's not us. I pray that we are workers and we're working diligently on to understanding what that verse means. And then, yeah, go use it for the glory of God. So um, today we reviewed many dangers of not growing, and there's others. Um, but at the same time, we need to work at growing so as we take a few moments, as we do every single week, try to kind of think through what the Lord may have said to you. Uh, if you've not yet given your life to Christ, I encourage you to do so. I can help you with that. I can walk you through what that means to be a Christian. But if you're here today and you are a Christian and you find yourself kind of stuck in that milk department and you're wondering what to do, I, we can help you. The church is here to help you with that too. Uh, I know in the fall, in October, we're going to kick off some of our Bible studies, and I'm praying that uh, you guys will get involved in some of those things. But at the same time, start today. Um, as much as football is a, is a blast to watch, maybe at halftime, take a little bit of time and crack open your Bible and just read a little bit and just let the Lord speak to you so you can grow. So let's take a few moments um, and just pray and just ask God, what did you just say to me? And maybe we got some repenting to do. Maybe we have some inquiries of him. But let's take a few moments and I'll return and close the uh, our time together.
Lord, thank you. Thank you for loving us so much that your mercy and your grace is a reality that we can live in it today. We sang about it today and to your glory we, we give that to you. Lord, that there's anyone here today or watching online at a later time that does not know you, may they know that you're waiting with open arms. That they just um, can run to you at any moment. Humble themselves before you. Confess their sin. Give it to you. Turn from it. And then live. Live a life that where Jesus is Lord. That we get our orders from him. They can do that as well. Lord, I just uh, want to give you everything today. Help us grow. It's a lifelong journey. We know that. But help, help us all just make a realization maybe today that we're not growing as much as we should be. Just, uh, we want that so bad for each and every person here today. Lord, thank you for loving us. Thank you for caring for us. And we leave here today knowing that you love us. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to thank you guys for being here today. Uh, like I said, I'm here to help you. If you need a, a point in the right direction, I'll, I'll slap that baby bottle out of your hand is the first thing I'll do. <laughs> and we'll give you a good old meal of solid meat. How's that? So as you leave here today, go out in the world, proclaim him. Go make disciples in Jesus' name. Amen.